News. This is Health Care Matters on WTIC News Talk 1080 and WTIC.com. Health Care Matters is a program that delves into health care policy and issues. The hosts are not medical clinicians, and they're not able to offer advice about medical conditions or diseases. You're always encouraged to consult your own medical provider for advice that applies to your own medical care. And now, Health Care Matters, sponsored by Hartford Healthcare and hosted by Rebecca Stewart and Elliot Joseph. Good morning. Welcome to Healthcare Matters. This is Elliot Joseph. So happy to be with you on the radio this morning. Today, uh, we're talking about a unique approach to a problem in the healthcare sector a pending physician shortage. The Association of American Medical Colleges projects a shortage over the next decade, nearly approaching 95,000 fewer physicians. The most significant shortages are actually among many surgical specialties. And of course, when these kinds of challenges arise, opportunities also present themselves. And we'll be talking about a new company, a startup that is just getting out of beta testing to help reach across that divide of the physician shortage. That's right. They got out of beta testing in July, I believe, of 2016. Now, the startup is called Nomad Health. It was founded by a 34-year-old physician turned entrepreneur who has some ideas about how to bring American medicine out of the facts and landline age and right into the 21st century. Now, that is all according to a recent article in the Wall Street Journal. He wants you to think of this as an Airbnb of healthcare staffing. And we have some very special guests with us this morning. We do indeed. Indeed, uh, Nomad Health founder and CEO, Alexi Nazem, is with us. Nazem is trained as an internal medicine physician, but he wanted to do things a little differently in his career, and he started looking for freelance work as a physician. We call that in our business locum tenens jobs. He actually found the process so very frustrating and time-consuming that he realized there must be a better solution and a better way. That's how we actually came up with this whole notion of Nomad Health, and we're going to learn a lot more about that over the next hour of the program. Also with us this morning, joining us live in our studio, is our colleague and friend, Dr. Jack Green. He's the Vice President of Medical Affairs at Hartford Hospital. Dr. Green has been with Hartford Hospital since 1987. He is an OBGYN by training. And he works very closely with the medical staff of the hospital and working to recruit physicians across many specialties. Uh, Jack, we look forward to your perspective during the show as well. And a little bit later in our show, Xander Peace, who is the co-founder and head of product for Nomad Health, will be calling in. Xander was uh, spent an earlier part of his life as a venture capitalist uh, before he joined Nomad Health. And he sees technology as a way to improve the healthcare experience. So we'll be interested in his perspective. Lots of interesting perspectives. We're going to get right this morning to Alexei Nazem. We want to learn about what really brought you here. Now, you talked to us about bringing medicine back to its roots. So we're really curious about your perspective. Dr. Nazem. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on the show. Sure. Good to be here. Tell us how you got started. Um. Well, I, I guess you can wind the clock back a few years before I even had the idea for the company when I was just a practicing physician, internal medicine physician, and all of a sudden I started getting all sorts of unasked for telephone calls, emails, even pages to my hospital-issued pager um, 
from uh, healthcare recruiters trying to get me to do um, short-term jobs. Um, and it was a part of the world that I was completely unfamiliar with, but became very familiar with, as, <clears throat> as almost every physician does, because we all get bombarded with these, uh, with these uh, solicitation uh, phone calls and emails. And I quickly discovered that there is this huge uh, industry um, in the uh, in healthcare called the uh, locum tenens, which is a short-term staffing industry, and it's meant to uh, it's meant to address the uh, physician shortage that Elliot was talking about. There's a real shortage of doctors in the United States, and the way that this shortage has often been filled has been with um, getting doctors to pick up extra shifts uh, in a couple days here, a month there. And um, and what I found was that that system is hopelessly broken. Um, so uh, then fast forward to uh, the summer of 2015 when my co-founders, uh, uh, two of whom are uh, surgeons at Yale in New Haven, uh, came to me and said, hey, you know, we're thinking about doing something in this locum tenens space in a different way, in a modern way, um, that will get rid of all these phone calls and emails and um, make things a little bit simpler, a little bit faster, a little bit cheaper. Um, are you interested? And, and the moment I heard the idea, I said, I'm in. This is a winner. Um, let's, let's get after this. It's not only solving a problem that's a pain in the neck for, for doctors, but even more importantly, um, it solves a huge problem for the American healthcare yeah. system, which is trying to figure out how to staff. Uh, uh, staff appropriately to make sure that patients get the care that they need. I really appreciate that perspective, Alexi. Let's ask, let's ask Dr. Green, um, the Vice President of Medical Affairs at Hartford Hospital, how does the locum tenens uh, process work at that hospital? What, what works well for you and what are the challenges with that process? Uh, so I think, you know, when we have noticed that we need some help down the road, maybe somebody relocating and may take time to recruit a physician, when we have that kind of notice, it, it works fairly well. Uh, I think where we really run into trouble is obviously life events happen. Somebody gets sick, is out on illness, and you need some help very, very rapidly. And the time of the time it takes for this process, that with the way it currently works, really inhibits our ability to sometimes staff up very quickly. You know, we're unfortunately in a low margin uh, business, particularly here in Connecticut. We don't have bench strength where physicians nearby can just step up and do that that work. So sometimes you need it to happen more quickly, and, and and it is quite expensive, actually. When you looked at this program, when you looked at Nomad Health, did you think, wow, this is something I'd be interested in to beef up that bench to make sure you had the best physicians who could come quickly? So so I think when I saw it, it, it kind of goes along with the lean process. In other words, it's taking out, hopefully, some of the waste in the current process with, with locum tenens. And so that part definitely appealed to me. You know, one of one of my questions, um, Dr. Nazem, is is how do you how do we know the quality of the physicians? I mean, that's another thing that we deal with with locums is we want to make sure we're getting the right physicians with the right skill sets to to do the work. So, question, Dr. Nazem, in terms of how how does it work? Take us take us through the process. Uh, do we still have him on the line? Or? Uh, Alexi, are you there? Oh, okay, great. Um, take us through the process of how it works um, when when there's a need. What happens? Sure. Um, so just for context, I'll tell you how it works uh, today with the traditional staffing agency and then the way it works with NOMAD. Very quickly, 
Um, today, if a hospital like Hartford HealthCare needs, uh, needs a locum tenens doctor for coverage, um, they'll call up one or two or three staffing agencies and say, hey, you know, look, I need an emergency room doctor to cover my, my emergency room for the month of June, um, and my staff can't do it. Can you help me out? And the, the broker will say, sure thing. Um, this is what's going to cost you. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to quote you a price. I'm not going to tell you what, you know, what's going to that price, what we're going to pay the doctor. I don't even know who we're going to staff into your facility. Um, and you're not going to really have any choice as to who it is. You know, you, we'll just give you one or two names, uh, once we, uh, you know, once we find them. And, uh, and that's, and that's the story. So the, the, uh, the broker has total control pretty much over the process. Um, and then, you know, once they find people, it's still an, you know, arcane system that relies on uh, lots of faxed documents and mail and phone calls. And uh, so really something stuck in the, in the 20th century. Uh, what Nomad does um, is completely different. Um, in fact, you know, we eliminate the broker, the agent, from the middle of this process and put, uh, put facilities back in control, put doctors back in control because we allow them to connect with each other directly through the, the magic of the, of the Nomad platform. Um, basically, the way that it works is that um, healthcare facilities can post jobs to our platform. It's completely free, um, and they can describe exactly what they're looking for. I'm looking for an emergency room doctor with five years of experience who already has a Connecticut license, is board certified, ACLS certified, um, and available in June. And at the same time, doctors can post, um, you know, their profiles. This is where I went to med school. This is where I went to residency. This is where I've worked. This is my practice history all the details that you'd need to know about them to make a good assessment of their quality, not just their, their biographic data, but also some um, data about how and where they've worked. Um, and we allow them to connect with each other directly through the platform. And then additionally, um, we, you know, it's not just the job board, but it's also um, a service that, uh, that does uh, background checking on physicians, um, that allows for um, that allows for a deep, you know, a gathering of do documents for deep credentialing is a process in medicine that's very complicated and cumbersome. Um, we arrange for malpractice insurance. We arrange for um, uh, for doing all of the um, time cards and payroll and tax compliance, so that ultimately, at the end of the day, um, the two sides of the transaction, the doctor and the facility, have to answer only one question each. The doctor has to say, "Do I want to work this job?" And the healthcare facility has to say, do I want to hire this doctor? And then everything else is managed through the technology um, that Nomad offers. So it's kind of, uh, kind of like magic. And then to answer Dr. Green's question, you know, how do you assess the quality? Our feeling is that um, by providing extraordinary amounts of information for both sides of the transaction, um, that each side is better, is better able to make good decisions than they are in the situation where there is a, um, you know, a third party, which is a broker. So, um, you know, sunshine is the ultimate disinfectant, as the saying goes. Um, and so, the, you know, you will be able to find exactly the, the, the best doctor for your, for your need, and the doctor can find the best, uh, the best job for their, uh, for their interest and for their needs. I do want to remind our listeners that we want to hear from you this morning. I'm curious if this is something that other sectors are doing. Are you perhaps a physician? Would you be interested in this? We do want to hear what you are thinking. So give us a buzz. That number is 860-522-WTIC. That is 860-522-9842. Dr. Green, you had a question. So Dr. Nazem, what I'm hearing from you is that it sounds like you're almost sort of short fusing the direct recruitment process rather than going through a middle person, which you know, really would make sense. Yeah, that's exactly right. It is direct, direct recruitment. Uh, we, 
we view this as a tool um, rather than an agency, which is, uh, which is its beauty. Um, we think of Nomad as giving uh, superpowers to the uh, healthcare facilities uh, in their recruitment efforts and giving superpowers to the doctors in their efforts to find a job. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's the beauty of technology today is that it gives you access to large amounts of information um, and, uh, and makes things a lot smoother and easier and faster. Um, there's no longer a need for, for agents. And this, this is a, a, a phenomenon we've seen in lots of industries. I mean, how many people today are using travel agents to book their airline flights? Like, basically nobody. Um, and that's because it's a lot easier to do self-service. You can find exactly what you're looking for um, and, you know, uh, have a better outcome as a result. And we think the same thing can hold true. Uh, in the healthcare yeah, that's that's really interesting uh, in terms of the digital technology platforms you're using to drive Nomad. And I, I'm listening to you describe this, uh, Lexi. It's 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 it's, it's Uber like. I mean, and I wonder, you know, in terms of the the initial inspiration for you, other than seeing the frustration of the way the current system was not serving most of the stakeholders' needs, what was the process of discovery for you? How did you get here? Sure. Um, well, I think it's actually, I'll answer another question in this, and which is a lot of people ask us uh, at Nomad, you know, why didn't somebody do this before? It seems kind of obvious. Um, and our answer to that question is, yeah, this is a pretty straightforward idea in 2017. Um, and as we all know, healthcare is usually last of the party when it comes to technology adoption. Um, and the reason it didn't happen in healthcare up until this point is it took the Ubers and Airbnbs and Expedias of the world to educate the general population as to what does it mean to uh, purchase, to make large purchases, important purchases online without a broker. And um, and uh, so I think that. Um, you know, it was it was that uh, that groundwork that that led us to be able to do this effectively in the um, in the healthcare system. And so, part of our own discovery was understanding the powerful effect that uh, technology-based marketplaces could have in um, in uh, calcified industries. So, the taxi industry with Uber, and the hotel industry with uh, with Airbnb, and the travel industry with Expedia and Kayak. Um, and so, you know, we learned a lot of lessons from those places, and we saw a lot of analogies um, in, in the healthcare industry, especially in the healthcare recruiting industry. Yeah, that's, that's helpful. Another question I have as I th think about this and listen to you describe it, I'm, I'm trying to reconcile the, the opportunistic uh, business model of Nomad relative to filling what Dr. Green and you have described as urgent needs when mm -hmm. we, we have a, a, a hole in the emergency room uh, scheduling process for physicians or somebody goes out on maternity leave or mm -hmm. something of that nature. And yet we are prefacing uh, one of the driving forces of your business model as being the physician shortage. And I'm, I'm having a little trouble this morning, maybe I haven't had enough caffeine yet, to understand <laughs> how, the how the business model of Nomad really does um, address uh, the emerging physician shortage? Yeah, that is a, a really important question. And I think the, the first thing to, to point out is that um, Nomad, above all else, is a mission-driven organization. And that, by that I mean our primary objective is to actually address 
challenging healthcare problems. Our first thing is that we want to help solve this physician shortage crisis, and we want to help bring down the costs of of healthcare. Um, There is a business to be had there, and the way we we say that is we first want to do good, and then if we do good, we will do well. Um, And so, you know, as I said, we're we're a mission-driven organization. The way that Nomad actually helps address this problem um, is twofold. One is, is that uh, you know, we we obviously offer this much better technology. It makes things a little bit uh, a little bit faster, a little bit smoother. There's more information, so you can make better hires. But we also substantially reduce the cost here. Um, so, going back to those typical brokers of of yesterday's world in healthcare recruiting, they're charging up to seventy percent or more commission, uh, which is outrageously high. So, if a doctor gets paid you know ten thousand dollars for a week's worth of work in the emergency room, uh, the 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 recruiter, the agency recruiter, is getting paid an additional $7,000. That is an unbelievable amount of money. I mean, it's bordering on fleecing the, the hospital. Um, and so that is, that is a, a, a major source of friction. For us, we charge 15% flat, and we're totally transparent about that, whereas the brokers are not. And so it's up to five times less expensive than, than dealing with a, with a traditional agency broker. And so by putting that money back on the table, two great things happen. Number one, um, <clears throat> you know, we can save uh, healthcare organizations, uh, save healthcare organizations money, and that money can go towards other important things related to patient care. The other thing that's interesting about this is that by reducing the cost so substantially, it, uh, it widens the ring of jobs and doctors that would reasonably participate in this market. So there's a lot of people who wouldn't, uh, a lot of doctors who wouldn't want to do what's called locum tenens work today because it's, you know, very cumbersome, the pay, the pay isn't good enough. Um, and similarly, there's a lot of healthcare organizations that wouldn't want to fill a particular position with a locum tenens doctor because it's too expensive and it's too challenging to fill this process. As Dr. Green said, it can take months and months and months. Mm-hmm. But by reducing the cost and improving the speed of, um, of uh, you know, hiring these kinds of doctors, uh, all of a sudden you're, you're widening the pool of supply, and that goes to, to solving the physician shortage problem by uh, bringing more people online. But I, I will hasten to say that this alone, welcome tenants alone, is not going to solve the entire right. Right. problem. Right. Alexi, solve a substantial part of it, but not all of it, and there's got to be other solutions too. Not long we'll ago, actually, we had the CEO of GE Healthcare on our program talking, John Flannery, actually a, a Connecticut native himself, talking about that sort of the $10 million question. Why are we as an industry so behind when it comes to technology, when it comes to adoption? These seem somewhat um, connected and tied. When you look at your site, when if you if those of us who are listening, if you haven't had a second to go to the site, go to Nomad Health, it's really slick. It's probably slicker even than LinkedIn. Um, tell me some of the planning in that. Why? What is your desire when you have it look a certain way? Are you trying to attract a certain kind of physician? Tell me all of, all of that that goes into play there. Well, first of all, thank you for the compliment about saying it's slicker than LinkedIn. We'll take that. It, um, it, it looks nice. Right. We actually place a huge emphasis on beautiful design, intuitive user interfaces, um, and good technology for the simple fact that this stuff doesn't exist in healthcare today, and there's no reason it shouldn't. And uh, and, and part of the reason that things don't get, make their way into healthcare quickly 
is uh, is twofold. One is that there's just bad design, um, and it's just really hard to use technology. I mean, you can ask any physician; they'll tell you the electronic medical record, the big technology thing that's been happening in healthcare for the last decade or so, is horrible. I mean, there's no single good one out there, and so people are afraid to, to adopt new technology. So to speed adoption, we wanted to make sure that this was an easy to use product. Um, and so that was part and parcel of, of the strategy. The other thing, the other reason that healthcare doesn't really adopt technology for, or anything really quickly is that as, an, as a profession, as an industry, um, we are inherently cautious, which I think is a good thing. And it comes from a good place um, from, you know, decades and decades, hundreds of years ago even, where, you know, new technology often meant new treatment, new surgeries, new diagnostic techniques. And when you're talking about doing new treatments on humans, you want to be cautious. Sure. Um, but unfortunately, that caution has translated um, to all aspects of healthcare, including these more administrative aspects of healthcare, like healthcare recruiting. And um, and so that's why, you know, things have been have yeah. been far behind. But we absolutely felt like making something dead simple to use um, is, uh, is a, a sine qua known of building a successful healthcare technology right, right. product. And we do want to remind our listeners this morning, is this something that you're interested? Is this something that you see in other industry? Are you a physician? We want to hear from you. That number again is 860-522-WTIC, 860-522-9842. Dr. That's I just agreeing. want yeah, yeah, I just wanted to get back to uh, Elliot's comment, and um, you know, there's definitely a physician shortage right around the corner, um, and and this, you know, although it will help redistribute, won't help the gut of that problem, which is there's a physician shortage coming. Um, you know, we have increased medical school class sizes, but we don't have residency slots, you know, and that's a government funded problem. Uh, so until we do that, we still are going to have a shortage. I think. You know, this will certainly help with redistributing the resources, uh, but not the underlying problem of a shortage. This will. That's absolutely right. Right. At the same time, I, the way I understand it, it will probably keep people in the physician workforce longer because they have another alternative to fully devoting themselves full time to one site and will appeal to a, a particular segment of the physician population, just like it, it did, did with uh, you, Alexi. And Alexei, I'm curious from your perspective, you know, there's been a lot written about your frustration finding this kind of locotenum's work. Tell us, why was it so frustrating to you? <laughs> I mean, we could have a whole hour-long show just about <laughs> that. Um, but uh, I, I just will quickly say about Dr. Green's point, he's absolutely right that, you know, Nomad and the locum industry isn't going to solve 100% of the, uh, the physician shortage problem. Maybe we'll solve 40% of it, 50% of it, but there's got to be other tools and techniques here. But definitely this goes a long way to solving some of the problem. Um, and happy to discuss some of the other ideas um, for the shortage. As far as frustration, um, the my own journey doing locum tenens jobs um, was, uh, you know, uh, Frustration abounded. Um, the most important thing is, is that it's a very fragmented process. There's no clear entry point into the system. So if you even raise your hand and declare interest in doing this kind of work, which in itself is, uh, is a, uh, a big deal, um, you have to talk to um, you know several several uh, of these agency brokers. You have to have multiple you know fifteen twenty minute phone calls just before they'll tell you anything about the jobs that are available. Even once a job that once you find a job that you're interested in, in my case, I found a job I was interested in, and to apply for it. Um, 
you know, I had to fill in a 94-page handwritten application. Um, I filled it out, actually printed out on double-sided paper uh, and sent it in by mail. And when they, uh, when they received it, they said, oh, sorry, we can't accept it on double-sided paper. Please send it over on single-sided paper. So I printed it out again, filled it out again, mailed it again. Um, and this was just, you know, one episode in many similar ones, among many similar ones in this process that took me from start to finish 10 months to book from start to finish wow. to, to book a job, um, and I only wor- ended up working for a few extra days. I mean, it's so inefficient, um, and you know, so that was that was uh, that was extremely frustrating. And I haven't done a locum's job in about a year, and I'm still every day getting you know a dozen phone calls, a bunch of emails, um, you know, asking me to do jobs that I'm not even interested in. You know, they're they're in states that I don't have licenses or even in specialties that I'm not specialized in. So it is a completely broken and frustrating process to deal with. And that is what we're talking about this morning. We have Nomad Health founder and CEO Alexi Nazem, who trained in internal medicine and then soon after founded Nomad Health. We are having an interesting conversation this morning. This is Healthcare Matters, and we will be right back. Good morning. This is Elliot Joseph. I'm here with Rebecca Stewart, and you are listening to Healthcare Matters. This morning, we're talking about a unique approach to another problem uh, inside the healthcare sector, and that is the pending physician shortage. Uh, We're talking with uh, the founder of Nomad Health. He's a 34-year-old physician turned entrepreneur, and uh, we're learning a lot about how we apply digital technology to healthcare uh, um, problems in search of a solution. Uh, with us this morning is uh, Dr. Alexei Nazem. He is trained in internal medicine, uh, but he uh, felt he wanted to do a little something different with his career, and he started looking for freelance work as a physician, and he found that process so incredibly frustrating and time-consuming, and then he realized there had to be a better solution. He has devoted his, his work to finding the solution, and he created Nomad Health. Also with us is our friend, Dr. Jack Green, Vice President of Medical Affairs at Hartford Hospital. Dr. Green's been with Hartford Hospital since 1987, and he works very closely in uh, processes uh, that a new company like Nomad Health is uh, meant to to, uh, focus on. And lastly, Xander Peace will be joining us in a few moments. He's the co-founder and head of product for Nomad Health. Uh, and he'll we'll hear from we'll hear his voice in a few moments, I'm sure. And um, getting back to the program, uh, wanted to ask you a question, Lexi, regarding uh, the the notion of both continuity of care and standardization of work processes. As uh, you bring in and and connect uh, an organization like ours or any hospital uh, with a potential uh, physician match. Uh, what we've seen in healthcare today is such an increase, finally, in standardization of workflow, standardization of processes, clinical design um, and pathways being implemented. How do you assure that there's a good fit, not only uh, workflow-wise and an understanding of the technology and platforms in place, but also the culture of the organization that you're tr- attempting to match these physicians with? Yeah, those are really good questions. Um, continuity of care is, of course, a very important thing. Standardization of care, effective care is a very important thing. Um, 
And so I think the, the first thing to say, though, <clears throat> is that often the alternative to having uh, one of these doctors is having no doctor or to have um, someone who's already there go way over in terms of, uh, you know, over time. Um, and so uh, when you're comparing, you know, those two alternatives, um, having somebody who is a little bit less familiar with the existing system is, while not ideal, still better. Uh, but that being said, we, we try very hard uh, to make sure that people are good matches. Um, and so that's one of the reasons we want to share as much information about the job and about the doctor as possible so that we get the highest quality match. So you, know, you can even search as a physician for jobs that, um, at facilities that use the same electronic medical records that you're used to uh, using so that you know, there's, there's less startup time there. Um, <clears throat> and then as a, as a platform, we have the facility to um, share all sorts of onboarding and um, training documents and workshops uh, through our platform. Alexi, I'm curious how you sort of get that personality of the physician across in this, because it does sound like you're really working to match those personalities and to match that. Um, how does that come across in some of what you're putting together? Yeah, so to be honest, the, the, the whole point here is that we aren't the ones trying to make those matches. We think that the doctor and the healthcare facility are better able to determine if they are matches for each other, which is why we wanted to emphasize putting them in direct contact, which is different than the existing system where you have to go through an agent and where the agent is truly deciding, oh, this, you know, Dr. Smith is going to be a good fit for Metro General. Um, we can't be in that business because we don't know what Metro General wants and we don't know what Dr. Smith really wants. So we want them to be in touch with each other directly. They can uh, communicate freely and frequently through the Nomad platform um, as well as, um, uh, you know, uh, offline too through, you know, um, phone calls, video chats and things like that that we can help them set up. And so um, we want them to determine if they are a fit for each other. Now, of course, we, we try to help that uh, process a little bit upstream by, you know, helping each one sort um, the entire database of thousands of doctors and, and jobs that we've got um, so that they can, you know, be fishing in, in a very well-stocked pond. So, um, Dr. Green, question for you as the Vice President of Medical Affairs at Hartford Hospital and uh, part of uh, Hartford HealthCare. Uh, part, of, part of what um, Alexi is talking about here is that although the, the, the Nomad Health doesn't solve this problem or challenge of finding a great match, someone who understands the platforms, understands the culture, um, it's at, at worst no worse than the prior way we did things or even the current way we're doing things with locum tenants. Mm -hmm. Do you see this as a, a better, a, a, an opportunity to improve that fit and match? How do you view it? So, so from what I'm hearing, uh, I think it could because you're, again, sort of making it a direct recruitment rather than through a third third party or a broker. Mm -hmm. So you could have direct conversations with the physician who's coming in as a locums. Uh, my question to, to Alexi is, uh, you know, Electronic health records is certainly one of the barriers, but the other is how a physician fits into a culture of an organization, and all organizations have a certain culture. Mm -hmm. so, so an example, we train all of our physicians and all of our staff in high reliability for patient safety and Explain quality. Explain to our listeners who may not be in, that's a little inside baseball, what does that mean to folks? <laughs> so, so basically, it's a culture of safety, and one of the tenets of that is if you see something, you say something. And so at any point along the way, anyone is charged with challenging, even if it's a medical student can challenge a physician. I'm not sure about that. Can you explain it to me? And that's sometimes hard for physicians who are not used to that type of a culture. And so I'm just curious how you get at that if you kind of had dealt with that at all. 
Alexi, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so, uh, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head, Dr. Green, that uh, this is essentially direct recruitment, and, and you can have uh, direct conversation with the, with the physicians who might fill the, the positions that you have. Um, and so what we see often is that um, through Nomad, um, the, these healthcare facilities are, you know, finding, finding a, a spate of doctors, you know, a, excuse me, a slate of doctors, you know, two, three, four, that they really like to fill the role, that they meet this sort of basic criteria. Um, and then to assess for cultural fit, um, they have, the, the organization will have a couple of uh, key players from the organization uh, communicate with the doctor. So they'll have, um, you know, a medical director, um, you know, so let's say the emergency room, uh, you know, medical director or chairman of that department, um, some of the other staff physicians, um, as well as other uh, people who are often involved in recruitment. So the same way that people determine uh, whether or not you know a full-time hire is going to be a good fit for their organization, those that those same processes are able to be put into play to be put into play when hiring a short-term physician, a part-term, a part-time physician. Um, and you know what we find actually is that these fits end up being so good that uh, 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 so far about half the doctors that we've uh, that we've put in place have actually ended up being hired full-time in the organization after their temporary. Um, after their temporary stint. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. We're talking with uh, Dr. Alexi Nazim, who's the founder and CEO of Nomad Health. Question related to this is, do you then keep a profile of the providers in your system as well? So as Dr. Green is talking about a commitment to high reliability, whether you're an Epic uh, shop, et cetera, um, is that kind of information collected uh, in your program and can potential applicants get a better understanding through connecting through your platform? Absolutely. Um, so as, uh, in the same way that we gather and present a lot of information about physicians, we want to gather and present a lot of information about the healthcare organizations uh, or providers, as you called them. Um, and so, yes, uh, the, uh, these healthcare organizations can um, describe themselves in any way that they in the, any way that they like. We have a variety of structured um, data fields so that they can say, you know, what their electronic medical record is, what kind of clinical resources they have, what's their local area like, um, you know, and, and numer numerous other descriptors. Um, and then over time, uh, we also allow mutual rating of the of the two sides. So um, the doctor can say, well, this is what it was like working at this at this facility. The, you know, the, it was fantastic working with the nursing staff, and there was, you know, uh, really there was 24-hour coverage of the radiology, et cetera, et cetera, and I would definitely work here again. So there, we're building up a corpus of, of ratings of, by physicians of facilities and vice versa, of, facility, uh, of doctors by facilities. Interesting, um, sort so of a, a glass door. is really valuable. Sure, yeah. kind of a glass door kind of approach. Well, we do yeah. want to make sure that we welcome another guest, Xander Peace, co-founder and head of product for Nomad Health, who has been generous enough to give him some of, uh, give us some of his time today. Xander, you are on Healthcare Matters. Hi, thank you for having me. You bet. Um, you know, we're having this conversation. We're learning all about it. We're taking a look at sort of what's out there in the marketplace. And we are curious from your background in venture capitalism, why this? Why healthcare? So I, I personally got to focus on healthcare uh, earlier on in my career. So I've been very interested in it for, for quite a while now. Um, as, as to why Nomad Health, the company, is a good business idea, um, it's actually a pretty remarkable confluence of, of factors. Um, so investing in healthcare is very difficult. There's a lot of friction 
Uh, Nomad as a business model uh, avoids a lot of regulation. Uh, it avoids this issue of large enterprise sales that a lot of healthcare companies have to deal with. Um, it's a very simple alignment of business needs. So a hospital needs a doctor, a doctor needs a job. Um, that's far simpler than a lot of transactions in healthcare. And as a company, the larger we get, you build up defensibility via, via network effects. So the more doctors are on the platform, the more attractive it is to the hospitals, the more jobs are on the platform, the more attractive it is to doctors. And down the line, that makes it very difficult uh, for someone else to copy the idea uh, and become as valuable as a company. So, Xander, appreciate that perspective. Um, I'm wondering about the headwinds that a company like yours uh, faces. Obviously, Uber has been in the news a lot uh, about the challenges they have faced as a what was a startup some time ago now. Um, what do you see in front of you? What are you experiencing relative to the headwinds that may get in the way of uh, ultimate success? Um. So, obviously, we're a lot smaller than Uber and haven't run into those headwinds yet. I think one of the things that is very uh, important in our model is that it's an extension of the pre-existing industry. So, whereas Uber has run into a lot of issues with regulation around um, contract workers, uh, underlyingly, we're doing the same type of transaction as a broker. Uh, and because of that, we don't anticipate running into any, any issues on that front. Thank Things like the nature of uh, state medical licensure requirements, you 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 see your way through those pretty clearly going forward. Yeah, so we're not we're not challenging that uh, regulation in any way. We're obviously matching doctors based on their specialty and based on their state licenses. Uh, a doctor needs a particular state license to operate in a particular state, um, and there's nothing we can do to change that or want to do to change that. Um, so that's just a feature of the market. It, what it does is it really means we're serving a lot of mini markets. Um, but again, having a product and a database uh, of positions where either side is able to see the full um, landscape of opportunities uh, still helps very much in that landscape. Dr. Green is the Vice President of Medical Affairs with Hartford Healthcare, Hartford Hospital. Um, what's, what's the noise in your head about what might get in the way of, this, of your ability to, to use a, a product and a service like Nomad Health? So, so it sounds, again, like it's a more efficient way, certainly, mm -hmm. of doing things. Uh, we can't get past the underlying uh, issues you still have to deal with, which is you need a state license. You need to go through credentialing at the hospital. Uh, but if we can shortcut to that process, it will certainly save us time, mm -hmm. uh, in addition to, obviously, it sounds like some... some finances as well. Okay. We're having an interesting conversation this morning about Nomad Health, an online platform that connects doctors and hospitals without a middleman. Now, this has started as a startup. We um, were well past now in, out of your beta stage. How many states are you in right now? And that can go to Alexi or Xander. So, uh, I can take that. This is Alexi. Um, so uh, we launched only in the Northeast uh, with four states. Uh, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, and Massachusetts. And since then, we have expanded to cover um, 12 states on the eastern sea, so most of the eastern seaboard. And our goal is to be national in the next uh, 12 to 18 months. For startup uh, entrepreneurs, I'm just curious about your advice and counsel on the early stage uh, startup of balancing supply and demand. Uh, you can't go to market without enough uh, supply on your side. And how do you create enough supply when you don't have demand? I'm curious of how, how an entrepreneurial perspective gets, gets going in that regard. So, I mean, you've hit on the, on the key challenge, and Xander can speak to this also given his experience um, investing in marketplaces too. But, 
you've hit on the key challenge of marketplaces, which is the so-called cold start. Um, and you have to make sure that you grow in balance. You can't have too much demand or too much supply at any given time because you risk uh, disappointing the other side that's right. underrepresented. Um, and so, you know, we've had to be very thoughtful and careful as we've gone through that. And we're, we are still in that, you know, crab walk stage of <laughs> get a little bit of supply, get a little bit more demand, get a little bit more demand, get a little bit more supply. Um, but we're, we're, we're slowly figuring our way through it. And um, I think we're, we're, we're nearing the point where we've reached critical mass. Xander, your thoughts? Yeah, unfortunately, this comes up all the time with early stage marketplaces, and there is no magic bullet. Um, so as Alexi said, we have to work on both sides in concert. Uh, as I mentioned before, the light at the end of the tunnel is once you get past that initial hurdle, um, it starts to become a flywheel where it grows on its own, and it creates that defensibility, which is extremely helpful down the line. Right. Dr. I Green. Think, I think the other issue in all this is this is obviously a national problem, and you know the, the need is there across the country, uh, and the market is heating up. I can tell you my experience has been I'm getting calls, uh, emails from both sides, both both recruiting companies as well as mm-hmm. will you come be a locums, even though, as Alexi said earlier, I haven't done obstetrics in a number of years now. Uh, so certainly the need is there across the country. And, and some of the states, it's it's hard. They really have such a shortage, and you need a license in that state. So, And are you seeing that there is more demand sort of in more rural areas and urban areas? Where are you seeing the demand? So, I mean, truthfully, the demand is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Over 90% of healthcare facilities across the country use locums every year. Um, but you're right, there is a little bit of, um, you know, uh, differences in demand across the country. Rural areas um, are, are particularly hard hit, and uh, urban areas are less hard hit. Um, and then some just general geography. The southeast um, is particularly um, uh, pressed. You know, they have a, a pretty severe shortage of physicians in, uh, in the South. So, Xander, I'm curious about where you sort of took your inspiration when we're talking about these different kind of matchmaker platforms. This is clearly physician-based. Where did you get your inspiration? So the way we think about it um, is we are a kind of a V2 labor marketplace. So you mentioned LinkedIn earlier on in the program, which I'm sure most users are familiar with, um, we would consider that a V1 platform. So it's uh, a very good product at connecting people. Um, and it's obviously affected a huge part of our economy because of that, because they're the first ones to do that. Um, the reason that didn't take hold in healthcare is there's so much process and um, sort of particularities about the transaction that need to occur that it's not enough just to put two people in contact. We have to build a lot of product around my practice insurance, the licensing, the application flows, the credentialing. Uh, and so that's very healthcare specific. Um, because of that, uh, we take inspiration from companies like WorkMarket, which are similarly a um, end-to-end platform uh, for technical workers. Alexi mentioned Airbnb, a big inspiration as a product. Um, so yeah, th- th- that's been the, the companies we've looked towards. As you think about the next generation of Nomad Health, and maybe it's a little premature, but I have a feeling you're already thinking about it. <laughs> what are the lessons learned that you want to apply to the future of Nomad Health? Yeah, so uh, we do have big aspirations for, for our company, and there's plenty of problems to fix in healthcare, especially around labor. Um, and so 
you know, our, our long-term goals are to replicate this model uh, for nurses. There's a big nursing shortage, too, um, for uh, advanced practice providers, so nurse practitioners and, and physician assistants, but then also to expand the technology to include, um, to, to address you know the entire the full cycle of of uh, recruiting in healthcare. So for full time searches um, and a variety of other elements uh, that we've talked about, like credentialing, licensing, malpractice. Um, that you know they don't there aren't really any great tools there. So um, I think the big lesson we've learned, uh, or I guess affirmed as we've gone through this, um, is that. Um, healthcare is unique, as Xander just said, and so it's really important for us to tailor our products to our customers' needs uh, and respond to the market pulling us in a direction rather than um, than pushing. Um, and so, uh, I think that um, you know that's a that's a, a lesson that we will take forward as we grow into new markets. Now, Elliot earlier talked about the headwinds. I'm curious, I imagine one of the headwinds are certainly going to be the brokers right now. Um, what is your perspective there? What's some of the pushback you're getting? So it's interesting. I think that um, the brokers are all aware of us. Uh, I was actually just out um, in California for the annual con- uh, conference for healthcare recruiters, and all of the all of the uh, traditional brokers were coming by our area and kind of taking a look and seeing what's going on. All the recruiters were saying, "We're hearing about you, and you're different. You're better than the broker." So you know they're all aware. Um, and nobody's really sure yet what to do with us because uh, you know we're still a small company, but they are they do recognize that we are a threat to their business. Um, but uh, this is a very collaborative industry, and everyone's trying to solve the same basic problem. So I think what we'll find is um, that people will want to partner with us, and we've started to have some of those conversations. And as you try to scale your business up to become a national company, and, and I can clearly hear your ambition of. Uh, being a full-service recruiting company, basically, uh, uh, of some sort or another. Uh, what do you see as your challenges looking forward about scaling up the business nationally? Uh, you know, I, I think it comes back to that same point you brought up earlier, Elliot, about uh, making sure we've got enough supply and also enough demand, so making sure that there's liquidity in our marketplace. Um, you know, turning on a new state requires starting almost from zero, because, you know, you can't, if you're, if you don't have the right state license as a physician, even if you're, even if you've got, you know, hundreds of thousands of doctors on our platform, if they don't have a, you know, let's say North Dakota license, well, that doesn't really help us. So actually, um, this, the scaling thing is, you know, uh, the biggest impediment is, um, is making sure that we have liquidity in each new market that we go to. I want to read a quick excerpt from the Wall Street Journal. This was just from not not too many weeks ago. From Amazon to eBay, Uber to Airbnb, digital technology has revolutionized everyday life. But when you get sick, you might as well take a time machine back a few decades. You phone your doctor's office to make an appointment. You sit in a waiting room stocked with old magazines. The physician writes down notes about your symptoms and stores them in paper files. And when you're done, a receptionist hands you a little card with a date and a time for your next visit. What was your take on that? I mean, this is so much connected to what you're doing, what you're trying to do, and how you're trying to move things forward. Yeah, so, you know, I'll just say a quick second on it, but I think Xander might be even better positioned to talk about it. I, you know, I've, I've become accustomed to how little technology there is in healthcare, um, and it's frustrating, and, 
you know, even as someone who's technology-oriented like myself, you know, you, you sort of just start to go with the flow. Um, so it was really helpful to, uh, you know, to have the outside perspective of someone like Xander and some of the other members of our team who are coming to healthcare you know, with uh, fresh eyes and saying, like, really, this is how you guys do this in this industry that spends $3 trillion a year? <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let him say a few words on that. Xander, your thoughts? Yeah, so while, while Alexi was at a conference for physician recruiters, I was at a conference with doctors, and it's actually really fun to get to show them a product that is intuitive and kind of up to the standards of what they use in their regular lives. And I think particularly with younger doctors, we're going to see that demand more and more um, for tools that they use as a, a physician um, to be high-quality tools. Xander Peace, we do want to thank you for calling in and being a part of our program this morning. I did want to see, I, I have a couple of people who have been calling in. We don't have a ton of time, but we do want to make those lines available. If you are interested, we want to hear from you. That number is 860-522-WTIC, 860-522-9842. We're going to continue this conversation, but Xander, we're going to say goodbye to you and thank you so much for your perspective and for calling in. Thank you very much. Elliot. Yeah, just um, as we we wrap here, uh, Dr. Green, your perspective, any final comments? Um, I, From what I've learned so far, I think it really makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cutting out that middle part of the business, direct recruitment, ability to know the people better that are coming here, um, and and the cut in finances for healthcare. Right, so, right. and the speed, and the and speed the agility, to fill, right? right? The speed to fill is uh, right. something that really looks promising here. Alexi, final thoughts as you look forward. Yeah, I think uh, the simplest thing to say is that Nomad really is trying to be disruptive. We want to offer not only better service, but also at a better price. Um, and, you know, we, we really think that this is a great solution to a big problem in healthcare, and we're looking forward to sweeping across the nation. Excellent. Alexi Nazem, co-founder of Nomad Health, you have been listening to Healthcare Matters. Have a great day. This has been Healthcare Matters, sponsored by Hartford Healthcare. Tune in next month as we continue to discuss the status of healthcare, determine what works and what doesn't, and work to bridge the gap. Healthcare Matters on WTIC, News Talk 1080 and WTIC.com. We-